Hello, everyone, and welcome back to No Lupus. My name is Moria, and again, I shall be your host. On today's episode, I'd like to talk about the matriarch of the Lupus Foundation of Kenya. This is somebody I hold very dear to my heart, and unfortunately, she cannot tell her story on her own. What I'm hoping is I'll be able to tell the story as accurately as she would want me to. Sharon Agwingskodek was my mother. She was the initial founder of the Lupus Foundation support group. Her reasoning behind it was because of the stigma that lupus had brought into our lives, but also because a lot of Kenyan doctors were not entirely sure as to what lupus is, and the nurses had absolutely no clue. Before her diagnosis, we had been to see quite a few doctors. The one that actually stood out to me was a neurologist. When we went to see this neurologist, he was very confident and thought he knew exactly what was going on. He diagnosed my mother with a hyperactive thyroid. He gave us some vitamin B12 and sent us out on our way. Little did he know, things were about to get a lot worse. One of my mom's uncles who lives in the States had heard about her being unwell and called the very next day. His instructions were actually very simple. Get on the next flight and come as quickly as possible. To this day, I actually believe that he predicted that my mother would be very unwell. And within two days of arriving in the States, my mother could hardly get out of bed. This is somebody who was motivated enough to get out of bed even at 6 o'clock in the morning when she's at her sickest. And mark you, she was hardly ever sick. She would come down with the occasional cold, have a random headache every so often, but not as unwell to the point where she can't get out of bed. However, leading up to her actual diagnosis in the States, we realized that she had undergone a lot of misdiagnosis here in Kenya. After her diagnosis, she spent about six months in the States, just learning how to manage and treat lupus as it comes. When we got back into Nairobi, we realized it's a completely different world. At that time, I was 17, and I was looking at this as a death sentence, because when I checked on the internet, there was nothing positive about lupus. It's always something being stated that somebody is going to die from it, there are going to be complications, and so-and-so will pass away from it. And it was a very negative environment. So in my head, I went ahead and blocked it out completely. I didn't speak about my mother having lupus. I didn't even acknowledge that she's under medication treating a chronic disease. So it was around this time a media personality had come forth and said that she has lupus and she had undergone a few kidney transplants and the kidneys were being rejected by her body. Naturally, that fortified the idea that my mother will be a cherished memory very soon. However, about a year later is when I started to open up to the idea of my mother having lupus. And the reason I call it the idea is because I still wasn't fully embracing it. By now, my mom had already started the lupus support group. And she was looking for other patients, both who had been diagnosed earlier and recently diagnosed, to bring people together and talk about the experiences that they've had. One thing that we realized is there's not enough information for lupus in Kenya. What started happening is she started getting in touch with people outside of Kenya to pool in information and create a resource center for people who had been recently diagnosed. This was all well and good for the patients, though there was still something missing. We realized that it was actually stigma that was creating the problem. So we're here creating this environment where people can share their experiences, can talk about their feelings and everything. But when they go back home, they can't even talk to their own husbands, their own wives about what they're feeling and what they're experiencing. We would have people coming back in tears, talking about how their wives don't understand them, how their husbands don't understand them. 
Kenya being a very family-centered society, the wife is supposed to perform certain duties. She's supposed to cook, she's supposed to clean, she's supposed to look after the children, she's supposed to look after her husband. But with lupus, sometimes you're unable to even just get out of bed. So some of the patients would come and tell us how their husbands are calling them lazy, how their family members are disowning them because they can't do anything right. Sharon decided to see this as a challenge, and at one of the monthly meetings, she called the supporters, the people who live with those who have lupus, the husbands, the wives, the children, the sisters, the brothers and mothers, everyone who was interacting with this patient. She was choosing to use the voices of the people who live with those who have lupus as a form of generating awareness. What could be stronger than hearing a stranger echoing the words of the person that you live with? People started leaving the group meetings with a little bit more positivity, with the drive to go home. But that was not the stopping point. Sharon went on and attempted to lobby for lupus patients to be able to get insurance cover. As some people would know, lupus is already a very expensive disease. Some medication going for up to 10,000 shillings per month. And mark you, this is not just one drug. Some patients were actually using a cocktail of up to 72 drugs per month. So you can imagine the financial implications that lupus brings. What exactly does that mean in the long run? It means that no insurance company will touch you. And if they do take you under their cover, everything that you will have will be related to lupus. So they will not pay for it. This would mean, for example, you have a chest infection. The insurance company will decide that they're not going to pay for it because of it being a lupus-related ailment. Once again, Sharon saw this as a challenge and she decided to create a database of lupus patients so that when she walks into the office of any insurance company, she's able to lobby for cheaper insurance. No, that was not the case. On one occasion, one woman actually said she had no idea what lupus was, and she requested to get a few minutes to kind of find out what it was. When she came back, she was terrified of having us in her office, to the point where it felt like she was actually chasing us and didn't want us in her office because she felt like she would be infected with lupus. What I remember the most about that woman was the look in her eyes. It was genuine, genuine terror. Who knew that I had just witnessed health-based stigma for the first time? Sadly, this was not the only instance of stigma that we had faced. Members of our own family were actually going around and spreading rumors about how she had HIV or she had cancer, but never thought to come and ask her what exactly was ailing her. Now, I ended up understanding exactly what these other people felt because it was happening to us. Every so often, we would hear random insults from a family member talking about why my mother is sick and how she got sick, though nobody understood that it was lupus instead of anything else, nor did anyone bother to ask. Just assumptions were made, and that was actually the most hurtful part of it. Once again, she saw this as a challenge and commissioned me to design a poster for lupus awareness. Some of the posters went up at Aga Khan Hospital and Nairobi Hospital just to make sure that people saw them, and right at the bottom was her personal number. She went ahead and started putting some more posters in the clinics of some of the doctors that she had been seeing. You can imagine the kind of awareness that was built up just by simply doing that. We had people from all over the country coming and giving her a call, saying that they've seen her poster and they want to know a little bit more about lupus. And then on the flip side, we had patients actually calling and asking how to join the support group. 
Though all of this work was still not enough, the doctors and the nurses in the hospitals had to be taught exactly what lupus was. Apparently, in the nursing school in Nairobi, lupus is covered in about a paragraph of information, basically stating that, by the way, there's this thing that's called lupus out there. You might encounter it at one point or another. Um, so we can move on to the next topic. That's pretty much how they cover lupus in nursing school. This meant when we walk into hospitals, we have to start educating people as to what lupus is, even if they're in the medical field. Then came the fact that some of the doctors were not even reading what was written on the file. And when they ask about chronic diseases, she would say lupus. And once again, we have that completely blank look. We ended up realizing that we have to explain exactly what lupus is to medical practitioners within Kenya just to make sure that there's no misdiagnosis or there's no errors that could come around from not knowing what lupus is. In response to this, the foundation began to partner up with people within the medical fraternity just to create this environment whereby patients can go and see doctors who know exactly what they're suffering from and how to treat it. Though the biggest thing that we tried to create within the foundation was that homely feel to make sure that nobody feels left out, nobody feels excluded, and nobody feels different. All this growth was happening within a span of five years. Right now, the Lupus Foundation has a database of almost 300 people and a following of almost 2,000. The future for the foundation is to create a resource center for everybody who's interested in knowing what lupus is. But not just that, we also want to create a homey feeling just so that people can know that they're a part of something greater than themselves. That is both for the patients and for the people who come around and support the foundation. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit more, you can check out our socials. That's at Lupus Kenya on Instagram, at Lupus underscore Kenya on Twitter. And you could also drop us a line at info at lupuskenya.org. Thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to catching you on the next one.